we have had an update to how we are hosting this movie. Um, I was already getting a report from lots of people saying we can't see the movie. It says this movie's not available in our area. Some people say this movie has been removed. Thanks for bringing that to my attention because I was just sitting there just like, man, there's so many of you guys, you know, who tune into the podcast. And, um, you know what I'm saying? I got some high numbers for these, uh, for these director commentary episodes. And, um, it, now this totally makes sense because now YouTube has sent me a copy strike notice on our backup channel and our, um, native channel for the Mesh News Project where we're hosting the film. Um, it says that it is full, it says that it's full of misinformation from COVID, even though I literally took all, all the material from this movie is made from clips I procured off YouTube. So how is this information illegal? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, how is this information illegal if I downloaded it all from their platform? I guess they just don't like the order of how I put things. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? So it's not illegal content if it's not put in larger context for a giant grift. Do you understand? Like, how crazy is that? But yeah, all the stuff, all the stuff that's on my, on this movie is all pulled from YouTube, all YouTube clips. So how is it something that is, well, well, I'll tell you first, it was telling me that I had copyright notice, right? And then I, then I kept getting reports that then I, then that this content was, um, not suited for minors. And then I got a takedown notice and in that order. But I, you know what I'm saying, I just went back and started checking some of the uh, other podcast platforms and people reporting Broken Link. They said this movie's not available in my area, etc. So, yeah, I'm sorry. So we have to move the movie to Odyssey, which sucks because it really, you know what I'm saying, it really hurt the debut of this film. Obviously, that was most likely on purpose. But so we had to switch to Odyssey. You don't need an app to use Odyssey. Odyssey's a video sharing platform, but they don't have regulations on what you can post, etc. It's kind of like how Elon has made Twitter. He just free speech, you know what I'm saying? People can say what they want and then you make sense of the information that, you know what I'm saying, you take in. So we're on Odyssey. I've updated all the links and all the podcast descriptions. So please refer to that Odyssey link because um, for some reason this information is illegal in YouTube's eyes, even though I pulled it all off of YouTube. Isn't that crazy? Anyways, I appreciate all the support. I love all the comments. Um, I'm sorry I'm taking a while to get back on feedback. I'm still uh, recovering from COVID. But um, yeah, thanks for giving me that update. And now I'm really understanding what's going on, especially now I see these comments of people saying they said it's not available in my area. I live in the United States. Like that's, I can't believe that. So yeah, we're on Odyssey now. So go ahead and check out the film on Odyssey. Thanks, you guys. Go ahead and refer to that link in the description. It's in between the two finger-pointing arrow hands. Thanks. Hey, guys. Thanks for tuning in the podcast. My name is Stephen Beckman. This is the COINTELPRO 2.0 podcast. I am the chief executive nobody of the Mesh News Project. The Mesh News Project is the mothership for COINTELPRO 2.0. You can find the Mesh News Project at mesh, M-E-S-H, news.org. 
And today we are, and I'm sorry, let me get all the plugs in, plugs, I guess, or the all the uh, the addies. Also, we you can reach the COINTELPRO 2.0 podcast at podcasts, with an S, podcasts, dot COINTELPRO, the number two, and then Z-E-R-O dot com. Another, uh, you can get our video series at videos, at, uh, that's videos with an S, dot COINTELPRO, the number two, and then Z-E-R-O dot com, and then also just the online resource where it has all those things put together at COINTELPRO, the number two, and then Z-E-R-O dot com spelled out. Today we're going to be wrapping up the 2030 Vision movie. And this is going to be the conclusion of the movie, and I wanted to kind of give you my director's notes on this stuff. I also had a lot of other notas on some other things that I miss, and people in the comment sections, you know, I definitely picked up on that stuff, and yeah, shit, let's just go right into it. Before we talk, and we do um, kind of the play-by-play on the, the final conclusion, um somebody asked is there going to be do you think there'll be a phthalate layer in plant life like in tree rings maybe and if you were and if to just catch everybody else remember catch everybody else up phthalates and um you know we'll just all plastic um in general, because now plastic, microplastics are getting into the root systems and being ingested as nutrients by plants. And we're finding it in our food and apples and carrots and all sorts of different foods. It's going to, so somebody asked, will there be like a microplastic, you know how on tree rings, how you can, you can, you know, measure what's going on inside of them, etc. You know, you can tell if there was like a monsoon that season, whatever, but if you cut like a really old tree open and it shows you different things about what's going on with the weather and the conditions and whatever. Um, someone asked if there'll be a phthalate layer or microplastic layer in the tree rings. Maybe. Who knows? That, that's a that's a good question. I didn't even think about that. I wasn't even thinking about that kind of long term, whatever. But yeah, how crazy is that? We fucked our world up. Going back to the um, part five you know, titled, this is fine. How crazy is it that we are, we jacked our own world so badly that, you know, not only is the rain undrinkable, that is, I can't believe, I still can't believe I'm getting that sentence out of my face without going, wait, what? Not only is our literal rain, (laughs) not only is the literal rain not drinkable all over the planet. (laughs) Uh... There's so much plastic in the ecosystem. Plants are consuming it as food. And then we eat the plants. Not only, not just, not just the, the food web. The actual, the plant world. How bananas is that, man? But yeah, I didn't even think about that. Maybe there could be like microplastics and ch- that'll be, until we stop using plastic, that'll be an era of humanity if we fucking last that long. They might find microplastic in tree rings in the distant future, distant humans, hopefully distant humans, will be like, and this is when humanity was fucking stupid. This layer, this, this, you know, concentric, you know, amount of rings right here or whatever. Who knows? Maybe. I imagine. Right? If we're messing up, like, God, you, it's crazy. Like, microplastics are in the air. We breathe them in now. Like, 
Yikes. And all those phthalates, when they break down in, in a human body, they eliminate our ability to have children from all the plastic, all the phthalates and the plastics. Isn't that crazy? And, and that most women who go to fertility clinics and can't have kids, almost all of those people have very high levels of phthalates in their blood. And they think that's a main contributing factor to why some women get barren now. So isn't that crazy? My children of men might actually happen. Isn't that bananas? That is so fucking banana. That children of men, the movie, might actually happen in the not so distant future. Isn't that bananas? But at the same time, it that might also at the same time um, deflate the population bomb. You know what I'm saying? How we're overdoing it with, you know, how many people we have on Earth. But we can do a lot more. Supposedly we can hold like 15 billion people if we just managed our resources like adults. And would, everyone would be comfortable. Isn't that crazy? We just don't manage it. And since we're at war with each other, yeah, who knows? Who knows? Maybe this global warming thing will like force us to be, you know how like in the movies, um, like a one world government. Who knows? Who knows? I doubt that ever happened. Who knows? Maybe that maybe the outcome of World War Three will be a one world government. I mean, the U.S. already kind of a superpower. Right. That's so crazy. The U.S. is a superpower. Um, sorry, I'm playing with my little phone thing. If you hear that in the background again, that's my uh, distraction little device. Um, yeah. Right. How crazy is that going to be? There is this great show on Amazon that that's what happened like there was a like a future it's called the expanse i can't stand space shows but there are two space shows that i can't get enough of too bad expanse stop filming but it, it's uh it's one of them is the expanse um oh yeah there's also that new star star trek one where uh it's 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 about picard star trek picard i mean i love that dude as an actor playing uh but it's it's filmed and edited and comped and shot like the reboot Star Wars movies. You know how they rebooted them, gave them like an edge. Um, Star Trek Picard's filmed like that. So it's not like the Trekkie stuff because that stuff was just, you know what I'm saying, fucking paint drawing to me. No offense to Trekkies. And then uh, The Expanse. Because, yeah, I just, I'm not really into that space nerd shit. Um, no offense to space nerds. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, three the, in the expanse, if you just like good shows you, in the expanse, you kind of have to get through season one, but it, it's a realistic look at what I'm thinking like 2100 will be. It's a like super realistic on how probably the fucking, when we venture out and start like, you know, building shit on other celestial bodies, how shit is really going to go down? Like it, oh God, it is so realistic. I mean, they add like a, a, a detective noir element to it until like towards the end, then it actually, and then it actually becomes self-aware and realizes like, oh, this is what this show is all about. But God, the expanse is super good. Also the Orville, believe it or not, the Orville, like I, that's a, that's a great, like, it's supposed to be, like, uh, a parody of those space shows, but it's actually, like, a good fucking space show, the Orville. So, yeah, if you're into that space stuff.
Anyways, getting back to it, where did I get distracted? Oh yeah, fucking phthalates and plastic glare. Yeah, I'm, I believe, you know, uh, you know, maybe a couple of hundred, thousand, even a thousand years in history. Hopefully, there's humans. There's probably going to be a microplastic layer to nature, etc. And like I said before, I covered that um, when I did that. I didn't want to focus on the warming because everyone is. There's a debate like whether maybe it's. We, you know, maybe it, the the planet could have extreme warming things that we weren't around for and we don't know. And cool. I didn't want to debate that. And my thing about the environment, my main thing was, yo, we can't drink the fucking water anymore. There's less of it. Um, and it's undrinkable. Even the shit that falls from the sky, like, right. So, I mean, beyond me personally, I think, especially if you're like a more right-leaning, or if the left wants to get the right on more issues that are, like, Green New Deal-ish, is to completely leave warming out of the fucking equation, because it's up for debate, and it's something you can't see, kind of. Do you know what I'm saying? It's this, because you can just throw speculation at it, but we can see, we can measure that the fucking water is now undrinkable, even the shit that falls from the sky, you know, that the, um, and that we have way too much plastic and now the plants are eating the plastic and we eat the plants. So people that, you know what I'm saying? Because mainly we're, we're understanding plastic came up through the food web by little animals eating the microplastics. And then those animals ate those animals and blah, blah, blah. But like, no, 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 no. Now it literally rains down from the sky because that gets blown up and it gets put up into clouds and we're breathing the plastic in. Ay, 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 bro. And the plants are now eating microplastics and um, nanoplastics. That's a thing. Nanoplastics. That's a real thing. A nanoplastic is eating these things as food and it's embedding in their, in the fruits and the vegetables and we're eating that shit. And I, but yeah, I never thought about that. There might be a plastic layer of tree rings or there might be measurable like, or phthalates because the plastics broke down inside of the, the tree ring. And you know, when plastic breaks down, it it releases the phthalates. Um, yeah, there might be a phthalate layer to tree rings in the future and all, you know, or, or major, major long living plant bodies. It's crazy. How crazy, but yeah, that might be. Um, Trump, China. I'm reading my notes. Oh yeah, and I wasn't. And in the first director's notes, uh, I wasn't diss- dissing Tom Segura about all the shows. He just has so much. I follow lots of comedians. And, uh, I wasn't dissing Segura, and just to, uh, uh, um, I went and found all the names of the shows. He's got Mom Jeans is his 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 old lady show. He's got Your Mom's House, which is the show he does with his old lady. And then he has Two Bears, One Cave. Um, I even think Burt Kreischer has also a cooking show. See, that's the thing with all these comedians. I do so many different projects to see which one takes off. And then they let the other stuff fall by the wayside. They try things out. And so I just care because I just follow certain guys. You know, I'm like, oh, yeah, that guy's funny, etc. So, yeah, I wasn't like trying to somebody mentioned in the comments. I diss a girl, like, no, I just, uh, 
I just follow things because I see his face and I know like, oh yeah, I like that comic. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, you know, oh yeah, fuck yeah, look, follow this, whatever it is, whatever the video it is. Because then there's like all things comedy that repackages other people's clips, etc. Which is why like hyper branding your show with like a memorable set or logos of what people are watching around you. I mean, I think even the Rogan show, he literally, whenever he, you know what I'm saying, whenever you see one of his clips, I mean, yes, the red curtain. But, um, he literally stands behind a giant sign, you know? And plus, I think he only does one property. But, all these other guys who are doing all these other shows, etc. It's so important that you hyper-brand and put, like, the logos on your set. You know what I'm saying? Because things get clipped, they get clipped out. There's other people who try to grow channels that grab other people's clips and make compilations. So, it's technically a new creation of media and it doesn't get flagged. And so things get cropped out. You're maybe you have like Mike, maybe you have, um, uh, what do you call them? Lower thirds logos to distinguish what people are watching, but you want to keep it subtle because the content is king or whatever. I just say that's probably the best way to go forward doing that. Um, but yeah, so no, 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 I wasn't, I wasn't fucking dissing, uh, uh, Segura. Um, I actually like the, like the dude. That's, I mean, that's why I follow so much of his shit. I just, there's so much different projects that different people are on, etc. Like I never, you know, maybe I, you know I'm saying? Don't pay attention as much just because all I care about is like, oh yeah, that guy's funny. And then I just like it and follow whatever the page that's putting that through my feed. So yeah, no, no, no. Um, let's see what else. Trump and China. Oh yeah, someone asked, do you think do you think China helped fund the downfall uh, or did you have do you think here's another note I have in one of the comments someone mentioned, do you think China fed democratic institutions during his re-election campaign because of him thinking the Trump administration's CIA was responsible for all that business in Hong Kong, which got them to respond with the coronavirus. Um, I don't know, maybe. I know there's a lot of fucking, there's a lot of Chinese money in the United States. Which is really weird, but you also have to think, like, every time I think, like, something is crazy is going on with, like, like with TikTok or whatever, um, I also remember that we also have the scariest intelligence agency on the fucking planet so there has to be something in in on it for us you know like they're allowing tiktok to essentially indoctrinate our fucking kids and they're basically building a um what do you call it like a basically a behavioral dossier on literally all your fuck all of our fucking kids And, um, sorry, man, I'm still getting over this fucking COVID Ninja Turtle variant. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I always think, like, uh, so we're letting the Chinese just kind of run around and do shit. And, like, I don't know. Because, you know, whenever the U.S. government sees something as a threat, I personally fucking know. They destroy it. Like, I can just tell from my life. Whenever they see something in the U.S. government, like the actual fucking government, sees something as a fucking threat, like they 
fucking destroy it. Like the CIA stops being an intelligence agency and they start becoming a fucking hammers from God company. They become a hammer company, bro. And you are a fucking nail, dog. Like, so I always knowing that and going through this process, I'm now I understand how the intelligence community responds to threats and the feds, how they respond to a threat to the U S government and, and seeing how they conduct themselves. Now I'm just like, now I understand these motherfuckers aren't scared of anything. So like what's in it for them? You know, I just don't imagine red tape was a problem. Although who knows, maybe they might be trying to reposition for a force of sale again. I really hope that happens. That could be another thing because they were going to force a sale of that. But all I know is that the U.S. government is not scared of shit. I mean, we dropped the fucking bomb. Do you know what I'm saying? We dropped the bomb. And then whenever somebody thinks of, you know, some sort of clandestine thing that seems like almost like magic or spooky or scary or unbelievable, they always think of CIA or intelligence community, you know, in the United States. They don't think of fucking Singapore, they don't think of, you know, um, Bangladesh's intelligence community, even though they got tons of badasses all over the, all over the nation, there's tons of badasses in their intelligence communities, like, when you think of intelligence agency, you only think of CIA, like, they are a top of mind brand, and they earned that fucking reputation by doing unbelievable shit, so whenever I see that China is doing something over here. I always sit there and think like, what's in it for the, like, why aren't they moving? Why aren't they doing something? Like the government just doesn't sit there and be like, oh, no, no, what's going to happen? They're hitting me. They're hitting me. Stop guys. Guys, you should say something. What's going on with this TikTok thing? So like, I think it's fucking horrible. I think there's something that has to do with surveillance capitalism I, you know what I'm saying, there could be a couple of things going on. Perhaps maybe, you know what I'm saying, we are positioning for another force of sale, which is something I hope for. <coughs> um, I mean, if we're not going to trust Chinese hardware, Huawei hardware in the United States, which we shouldn't, and now we're finding out why, especially after this movie. You guys have to understand, when I made this movie, I had no clue what I was going to do. I had a couple of I had a couple of tips and rocks to look under, but I was very weary. So I had this big notebook of tips and some of the things that I've noticed as well. <coughs> and the thing about a tip is people can give you a bad tip. You just have to flesh it out. And that just takes so much fucking time. I mean, think of a tip like someone giving you a tire, not a tire and a rim, a fucking tire, one tire. And you have to now build the car that goes to just that tire. That's kind of what a tip is. Like, getting a tip isn't someone doing your fucking homework. Like, you have to build it out to see if it's even a fucking car that drives and works. You know what I'm saying? You have to test all the data. You have to find all the pieces. Like, a tip is, you know, just a tip. And it takes a long time. And sometimes you waste, like I learned last year's movie, you waste so much time fleshing out this fucking tip. And then you double check your homework and then you get experts to chime in on shit. And then, you know, it does, it is what it is. So, you know, 
Sometimes things work, sometimes they don't. But it's just important that you make sure that your shit isn't full of bullshit. Um, you know, the, I go back to this that this dude that I spent talking to for fuck like fifteen hours. I posted him up on the, I posted up our conversation, the links to it, some other thing. But basically, this dude was trying to. I was, I always go through these phone calls whenever I get them totally on guard but at the same time I want these people to tell me things and so you have to act a little magoo in the phone call because what a narcissist loves is feeling like they're in control of the situation and sometimes they'll be off guard or whatever but it took me a while but eventually we got to the point where this dude was being himself and yeah it was stupid but you know in the in the process he also gave us a tip and we can add that now to our little puzzle piece but this guy was just like yeah, trying to drive it, <laughs> trying to drive, like, everything stems from this thing, and you look at the budget for it, and you're just like, that budget is fucking peanuts, and there, you have no, like, there are people who have their own lives, etc., this doesn't explain all this other crazy stuff, like, there's just a lot of holes, when, you know what I'm saying, when your story is held together with holes, with lots of holes, you know, and it looks like a fucking chain link fence, and not like a, you know, like a granite wall, when, you know, holding up, you know, holding up, think, think of trying to make a, like, make a house you can live and sleep in and feel safe in with a chain link fence. And that's what a thinly strung together story is, is when you're just working on hearsay and you're saying things like, it's a black box, nobody knows, like, well, no, then that means you don't know. Don't say it's a black box and then just double down on the thing you don't know and then say a buzzword. That was such a silly waste of my fucking time. But we got the whole wrist thing. That was kind of cool. We can add that to like, you know, add a screwdriver in the tool tool case. But still, yeah, you always got to flesh shit out. And me getting tips, not all the tips are, are legit, but you have to flesh things out. And it that's what takes a long time. Um, And also, you know, some people are saying like the movie is kind of, it drags and... Here's the thing about this is this is supposed to be like eat your vegetables, eat your fucking steak and potatoes. This isn't junk food, informational junk food. So, I mean, but think about it. You can absolutely not give a fuck all year, not pay attention to the news or what have you, and then come to us at the end of the year. And we fucking, since we, I, I nerd out on that, you know, I flesh out a lot of things and I open your eyes to a lot of things. I mean, I don't know, man, how much is your time worth to you? Uh, and you know, if you can just come to some guy at the end of the year and then just have all these things that are, uh, you know what I'm saying? Thought leadership kind of stuff to jump off of that you weren't paying attention to, et cetera. Cause there's so much to do. I love doing that. I love to be the guy doing that, but, um, it's, I'll let you know it's edited the way it is for a couple of reasons. One, well, first and foremost, I let people know kind of like where my editing chops are, um, usually towards the intro. You know what I'm saying? I show that, you know, I'm, I have my editing chops and what have you. Another thing is this is, like I said, this is supposed to be kind of like a white paper of how stories meet stories, etc. I personally believe that if I, beyond the intro, which is to get you like, okay, okay, okay. Oh yeah. All this shit happened. I'm going to learn all this, da, 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 beyond the intro. And I'm not trying to say I'm some world-class editor at all. Um, but beyond the, beyond that, 
I want you to think and sit down and watch something. It's, you know what I'm saying, more so like a TED Talk lecture, but we're going we're gonna to put these news topics together that were either being underreported on purpose, which we, are under, which we understand is another form of censorship, underreporting of news, and, um, you know, or things that um, maybe you haven't thought about and how things fit together. Also, I'm taking editorial content, even though I'm, I'm doing like a mixtape of editorial content. Um, those guys who make that ed- news editorial content that I'm pulling from segments from whatever, those guys are decent editors and I don't want to fucking chop up their shit as well. I want to present their content in the way that they were trying to present it because I don't know. I feel like that's a little fucking rude as well, but I will do some things that, um, you know, I- I'll take some liberties with things, but essentially, like I said, it's like a white paper on what the past year was, things that we fucking missed and things that we're not paying attention to and or things that we're not considering because there's so much information. You got to think about it. When things happened in the 80s, 90s, a fucking car chase. I don't know about you, but in the 90s, when a car chase happened in any city across America, bro, we would fucking run to the television to see this chopper five or whatever in fucking Sheboygan or Hoboken or whatever following some asshole, right? That was amazing television to us. Like we, our parents kept on the news on like usually like a smaller TV in the kitchen or in the den or whatever, running a 24 hour news cable channel or whatever. And then if something crazy happened, we put it on the big TV. We, we, we change it to the, that channel in the living room TV and we'd all watch it. And that was like car chases, etc. And that was a huge deal back in the day. Now we have information just coming at us from every angle, you know, from every platform, every fucking smart TV, every every smart home device. I mean, it is bananas. And so now we tend to think of information as valued less. And there's so much more of it, too. And we just, you know, I think that there is a lot of noise, which is why when I do the morning news, there is usually only five to seven stories, but I cut it off at five of things that will actually affect our lives or whatever, adding to a larger narrative no one's paying attention to. And oftentimes the stories I feature on my TLDR um, aren't what everyone's talking about in your newsfeed. And I do that on purpose because... <clears throat> people arguing about pop news or some sort of political fucking bullshit or what, like that's not fucking news. That's water cooler talk. That's people pretending that they have a, that like they have some sort of, you know, hot take on something that's going to be wise at any moment. And that's basically what Twitter is. It's a bunch of people fucking fighting for attention on their hot take or what the fuck ever. But that's all that is. It's, it's not important shit. Everyone just wants to be seen as this wise person has a take or they or they love to be like uh, offended and they love to like clutch their pearls and then they love to get on the virtue signaling trains or they want to defend their side of the story, even though it's not backed up by facts, but they've already committed to a narrative 
And so if they admit that they were wrong, then they're going to look like a doofus. So they got to make sure they go and argue with everybody you know that. But so our news in the morning, which is allowed, which is what allows me to make these movies and touch on things that people aren't considering is because I only pay attention to shit that affects you, uh, affects you as in safety, you know, safety could be the safety of our nation, things that are going to affect you as a person, your wallet, um, your health, uh, you know what I'm saying? The environment, things that you're not paying attention to, um, things progress, but it's, it's not pop news. It's not shit that talking heads love to talk about because it gets people all riled up. <coughs> so, you know, that, that whole process every, you know, every day, well, every weekday, because no one watches the news during the weekend, would be a waste of my time. Um, is what allows me to make these fucking movies in the first place. But yeah, so if someone gives me a tip, like that's just a tip, like think about it like a tire, it's not even a rim. And then you have to fucking reverse engineer a whole car and it has to be the car that belongs to that tire. Do you know what I'm saying? And then you could be building this whole car and think that you're building a whole car, right? Think about it like a story and there could be one thing that's off. And then now you have to disassemble the whole thing. Like with last year's movie where I had to literally delete. Basically, it was going to be an hour out of this uh, film from last year's 2030 vision. And that's just the way it goes. But no, tips. I don't know. Because the reason, oh, the reason why I brought up tips as well is because someone said, like, I made a movie based off other people's advice. Like, you don't understand. Like, a tip is just like, okay, well, I'll see where this fucking goes. But you have to flesh it out. You have to see if things match up, etc. Like, a tip is just like something somebody writes on the bathroom wall, you know? It's all, it's appreciated. Like, yeah, it's a fucking appreciate because I'm drinking out of the fire hose too. And I completely appreciate that. But, you know, a fucking tip is, you know, like I said, it's, Okay, cool. Yeah, let me flesh it out. See what happens. It could be something. It could not be something. You never. You just never know. It's it's a fucking lotto ticket, you know. And you know, how, how, can you go around and buy things with a lotto ticket? <laughs> not usually, you know. So it's up to you. Um, another thing I wanted to note <clears throat> is I wanted to give, yeah, um, that Dave David that David Portnoy uh, guy from Barstool, um. I forgot to mention him in the first one, and I just want to note that, uh, or, or bookmark that, is that I put him in the movie because I, I put him in this, I put him in on one of our, tra- in, in a transitional montage, but I wish I could expand on that, but I was watching that story as it happened, and before the fucking U.S. government was giving help to business owners before the u.s government you understand before the fucking people who should have been on that shit this dude dave portnoy i mean granted he's got some dough in his pocket but you know what i'm saying not dough to, to help every business but he was doing like god's fucking work and i just wanted to give him his fucking flowers that was amazing and he got other people that joined in on it and other you know celebs and what have you started donating money and it was fucking beautiful because there was a hundred thousand small business, small and medium sized businesses that are gone forever because of this uh, of pandemic. And this dude who owns a, uh, a fucking, you know, who, you know what I'm saying? Who started, you know, I, I got to actually see him on, on, um, on, on Rogan. I watched the episode because this, uh, 
this uh, granola chick I follow. Um, sometimes I'll just follow people because I know they say a lot of crazy things and are over the top. And I just would like to see the car crash. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> you know, so I'll, I'll, sometimes I'll follow you just because I think you're ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? And that would be, I just want to see what you're up to. And if I scroll past you in my feed and I'm just like, oh yeah, there's crazy. <clears throat> but she, this, 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 uh, this, this one, um, granola broad was talking about, like, oh, this is going to be three hours of, uh, what did she say? What the fuck was the term she used? Uh, oh, like an alpha fest of two monkeys beating their chest, right? It was going to be a Portnoy and Rogan. And I was like, well, you know what? You salty freaking broad. Like it probably is. Now I'm going to watch that episode. And, um, so I put my work off literally so I can just watch that just because she said something to, uh, to like to clown these people. And I was like, I like both those guys. I like Rogan and I like fucking, um, what do you call it? Uh, Portnoy. And I watched that episode and yeah, I guess he, he it was like a gambling rag he put together and he kind of came up from the, from the fucking trenches. He was, I guess he was doing like call center work. Like it's fucking amazing. But yeah, for that guy who'd be doing like call center work, come up from a gambling rag and then build this whole, it wasn't like an overnight success. I never knew. I never knew that, but to hear it straight from his fucking mouth was amazing. I never knew that shit. Um, but yeah, he was, I wanted to give him his flowers because I forgot to do it on, um, the, the episode, uh, the director's notes on this is because like before the fucking U S government was making moves, like this dude was literally calling up businesses on the phone and like, letting people know, like, Hey, I'm here to fucking hook you guys up. Like these people were excited and you could some, most of these people, when he called them, they were in their business. And most of these businesses were struggling to figure out how they were going to make money. And most of these people got, you know, answer the phone. They would have like hair nets on and all sorts of crazy shit. Like these are working people. And this dude came to the fucking rescue. I don't think people really understand, you know, the light in that fucking, in the, in the, in the darkness that shit was. And I remember, like, I would, I actually started following him on socials because I started seeing more and more of this barstool. I was like, damn, this dude, like, before the government even came in, this dude was trying to figure out a plan to help people that will never be able to help him, ever. Do you understand? Like, how fucking selfless is that shit? Anyways, I just want to give that dude his flowers. And you should probably, and you should go follow Barstool Sports. <clears throat> follow Dave Portnoy. Um, etc. Um, me personally, I think so. You know, he's a good dude, and um, fuck man, for somebody to just pull up his bootstrap and be like, "Well, we gotta help these people," I guess. And he just he just took the initiative. He didn't trust that the government was gonna come in in time, and he was fucking right. Um, I wanted to also talk about this January sixth vote. I don't know if you guys are paying attention, but you know, something I've learned and is that the brain is built on association. So it will associate themes, events, ideas with other themes, events, ideas. And that's because of how our brain is wired. Have you ever noticed, like, whenever you see neurons or or some sort of computer AI of neurons, it's one thing attached to another thing, attached to another thing, right? But it's usually like branches, tree, like like a little 
squib that branches out and has these arms and it's attached to another thing and another thing and you you see like this you know sometimes you'll see like the 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 little energy pulse going through the things but each one of those nodes you know is kind of like an idea and it's branched to another and branched to another our brain is hard fucking wired purely for associations for pattern recognition because it allowed us to survive in the fucking wilderness to make sure we weren't, you know, a fucking brontosaurus burger for, for, for a damn T-Rex or whatever. Well, I'm pretty sure, you know, or, or, yeah, yeah, a saber-toothed tiger, you know what I'm saying, uh, a chef salad back in the day. It kept us so we recognized patterns and we could better survive. But if you understand how, um, there's only a few actual impulses that, are not hardwired that way. One of that, one of them is sexual desire, which is why things like reparative therapy or, um, what's it called? Uh, that anti-gay behavioral therapy where they try to, you know, traumatize some dude and make him not want other dongs. Um, which is, you know, it's been federally outlawed because, it's been proven that the science is fu- fundamentally flawed because our our desire is direct our, our sexual desire is directly tapped into um, literally the same thing that every animal is hardwired for, and that is to procreate and make more of you. And that's one of the only things that isn't based off association and how it's built in the brain. And lots of people who are stupid. And our armchair psychologist thinks that's how that works. I think I did a whole episode on reparative therapy is not real because, you know, what I'm saying lots of the smears on me. There are all sorts of weirdo people in my community trying to do reparative therapy tactics on me. And I'm just I only know about this shit because I had to research because of all this crazy stuff going on. But they would put me through reparative therapy tactics based on like total fucking like fabrications that I didn't even know were happening behind my back. I had no idea what was even going on, but, um, that stuff is hardwired to something so primal, which is why you can't change someone who is gay. He'll always like, he'll always white like wieners and that's okay, but it's because that's tapped into something way more fucking primal than basic association which is, and we form associations as we grow up, and it's it's the whole argument of nature versus nurture. Do you understand? Nature is your ability to want to procreate, and the, you know, sexual preferences you choose from that. That's nature. Nurture is as you grow up, you have a, you know what I'm saying, you, you build up your associations, etc., which is why they can they say things like racism is taught, etc. Even though it seems like a very core fundamental behavior, these are behaviors that are taught. And so you have to understand, you have to classify what belongs in the nature and what belongs in the nurture category of behavioral psychology. But I mean, tell that to somebody who passively doesn't care, but also believes that they're, you know, special. It's just fucking barf. But anyways, going off that, basically, you know how how the brain... Sorry, man, I'm still getting over the fucking... The COVID fucking Baja Blast variant. But, uh, so you're gonna hear my sniffles and coughs. I've just blown my nose 
raw. <laughs> I can't. I'm just going to have to sniffle my way through this. Pardon me. I'll move the microphone away. Okay. I think I'm good. But um, the January 6th vote, I don't know if you guys are paying attention. My 2030 vision, year one, I covered January 6th and I kind of made fun of it because it was just a silly thing. It just seemed like a bunch of angry rednecks that that could have made a very memorable protest about what they were angry about and they could have done it in an organized fashion, uh, but they didn't. And so, but here's the, here's the thing. I totally think you have the right to fucking believe what you want to believe and and in no way should somebody who believes, you know, January 6th is right or wrong should be discounted. You should, I personally think you should talk to those people and listen to the reasons and talk to them and re, and then tell them your reasons and what have you. You should always discuss things with people. There should never, I just can't stand this division. Regardless, considering you know how the, you know, the brain works off association, especially if you listen to this podcast, there's been this January, there's been this vote for Speaker of the House. And they scheduled this vote to what? Lead all the way up to January 6th. But this fucking vote kept the the, the guy who thought he was a shoe-in kept coming up short. He didn't win the election. Do you understand? Do you see what's going on? This vote for the GOP speaker kept not winning his election. We seen any associations yet? And this vote kept happening no matter what, all the way up to January 6th, where finally, after a record number of votes and a bunch of people talking a bunch of shit, uh, Democrats saying that, you know what I'm saying, he gave away his his position, he's going to be speaker and name only, whatever. I don't, I don't have any, I just don't have any opinions on politics, but I will call out what's happening and the strategies because of my, um, public relations and marketing background. Um, just because I've been educated in this shit. So we'll pull, point it out for you. Since the brain is hardwired for association, what association do you pull up when you think of a vote, right? A vote, you got to think of the baseline ideas, a vote that the person didn't win and then, right? And then January 6th, what's your immediate, what's your immediate thought of those three themes? Okay. A vote that a Republican didn't win and the date January 6th. What is your, what is the first thing that comes up in your brain? Yeah, it's, it's Trump losing the election, but the GOP was putting on this fucking show. I don't know what the fuck was going on. Like I said, I have no hate for either party. I'm just calling out what the fuck was happening. And there are many people in politics who understand also these basic principles about projection and human behavior and association. And for them to conduct this circus and no one to say anything is very fucking strange, bro. This is my breakdown of that. I think that the Republican Party, even though they they talk a heavy Trump game still, even after that vote, were trying to solidify the um, 
the concept of you didn't win a vote and the person who didn't win the vote was a GOPer. And it could signal that these guys are trying to slowly move away from Trump. Um, and they, the GOP wants to move in another direction. Because, to be honest, I will t- something you should always, always understand. Uh, unless it's like somebody who's just built this reputa- reputation that he is a public fucking serv- servant. And that's why he's there. Like Ron, like, like Ron Paul. That guy kept getting voted, voted in. Because people knew he was there for the fucking job. Do you understand? People knew he was there for the job, not because he wanted to be, he didn't care about, he didn't care about if you wanted to, if you wanted to vote for him, he was there for the job. And it was so undeniable that he kept getting elected over and over and over and over again until he finally retired. Um, the same thing with Bernie Sanders. He's, I mean, he's been a, he's been, you know, an, uh, a politician for quite some time. But because people, because of the shit that he fights for, he already has a reputation that he's there for the fucking job. But all the other people who don't have that reputation, or at least most of them, all they give a fuck about is being reelected. And so maybe this is like a long game leading up to 2024, where they're already trying to, to solidify or remind people that um, a person from the GOP didn't win the election and then January 6th, <coughs> right? <coughs> Sorry. Like I said, I got the flaming Hot Cheeto variation of uh, COVID-19, so I'm just going to have to deal with it. Flaming Hot COVID. Um, uh, I mean, that's... Uh, for debate and time will tell, but based off association, the, this stunt that happened is them trying to pull up a couple of associations. That being somebody didn't win a vote, um, GOP and January 6th. Those are three associations they are trying to pull up in the American zeitgeist. Cause like I said, these people are not dumb fucks. Especially the the people who are the thought leaders in those um, seats. Once you pull the magic trick, right, of getting into office, right? Once you get pull that magic trick, the, the I you know what I'm saying, if you're on team red or blue, they're gonna fucking bring you up to speed on, you know, you play ball, you know what I'm saying. We'll teach you how to fucking wrangle the sheeple. Um, and if you fucking play ball the right way and you don't fuck up and you don't like, you know what I'm saying? They don't catch you in a motel six, uh, you know, smoking crack and, you know, filming porn or something. Um, you're going to have a long career. And all I know is that these motherfuckers, like I said, based on how I understand the brain works on association. They were doing the opposite of helping Trump's 2024 because they were reminding people that some that a person from the GOP lost an election and they were reminding people about January 6th. And it was, yeah, like I said, it was it was quite the thing. It, it, it's either that they're run by a bunch of dumb fucks 
or they knew what the fuck they were doing. And like I said, I don't, I'm a registered independent. I'm not pro Democrat or pro Republican. I am pro America. If somebody from the Democrat side does something that's fucking crazy dope for Americans, I'm all about that. I'm going to retweet that. I'm going to fucking praise it. I'm going to talk about it. If somebody from the GOP side, GOP side does something that's for Americans, I'm going to retweet that. I'm going to talk. I'm going to praise it, etc. because that's all I really care about. <clears throat> um, I think once you choose a color of Kool-Aid, um, people just people get lazy. That's me. I personally, that's what I think. People get lazy. Once you choose a color of Kool-Aid, people get lazy or at least voters do. And they're just like, oh, whatever, whatever the people on the fucking, you know, in the tropical punch side of fucking politics thinks I'm just going to go with that because I this is the team I'm part of or whatever. And because tribalism kicks in in the fucking brain or, you know, what I'm saying if or the blue Hawaiian, you know, or the blue Hawaiian version of the Kool-Aid, um, whatever they say. And that, that just must be right. Cause this is the team I chose and it becomes just, this is what my side says. So I support it instead of, is this what's best for everyone? And <clears throat> so just understand we are nonpartisan. So I like some of the shit that Trump did. I think that motherfucker's hilarious too. Um, but I also like the sh- a lot of shit that Biden did. I mean, I think when Biden leaves office, dude, he has implemented so many um, human rights and, um, equality, um, things that he signed into law, etc. Like when Biden leaves office, bro, he's just going to leave this fucking trail. Where we're all just going to be equal as fuck, or at least we as equal as we could be, especially on paper where it counts. So you can sue motherfuckers if they don't act right. So, I mean, that's a bunch of good shit that Biden's doing, but at the same time, you know, Trump had some good things. I mean, I think like him forcing the sale of TikTok and, um, not allowing Huawei to sell 5G equipment here and to use it in our cell network. All that, those are all good things. I mean, so you gotta, you gotta praise both sides, both sides. Me personally, I praise, if you do something good, that's good for the people. I'm all about that life. Um, <clears throat> what's this, uh, best manufacturers come out voting? No, I'm looking at my notes. cool. I think that's just the notes I got. All right. So I just wanted to mention some of those things because I think they're really fucking important because, um, you know what I'm saying? I think it touched on a lot of things. Uh, all those notes I got from comments from all over different platforms. I just kind of put them all in a little scratch note on my phone. Cool. Let's, uh, go into this movie. All right. Let's get the show on the road. That figure from ninety-two billion to the two point three trillion. Right. Who do you think runs the world? Girls. No, not even close. Since the nineteen seventies, two corporations have gobbled up most of the Earth's companies: Vanguard and BlackRock. And you might be like Tony. That's ridiculous. I go to stores all the time, and I see competing brands everywhere the market has genuine competition because i can buy this or that or this or that but all publicly traded companies have boards where the largest shareholders make the decisions 
So when we investigate who are the largest shareholders of all these companies, the same two companies keep coming up. Vanguard and BlackRock. These two mega corporations own all the smaller corporations, so we have a monopoly inside of a monopoly. Vanguard and BlackRock own Coke and they own Pepsi. They own Apple and they own Android, i.e. Microsoft. They own American Airlines, they own Delta. They own oil and they own solar. They own eBay and they own Amazon and they own the car companies and the pharmaceutical companies and the tobacco companies, the food companies, the clothing companies, the insurance companies, the banks, 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 the banks. No matter what industry, the top shareholders are the ones making the decisions. Call me a dingleberry, but if you own all the competing companies in the free market, then I don't think the market is um, all that free. But who are they? The CEO and founder of BlackRock is Larry Fink, but then BlackRock has a board. The largest shareholder is Vanguard. And who's in Vanguard, you might wonder? Nobody knows! Yeah, I guess it's just private information. Probably the richest families on the planet, like the DuPonts, the Rockefellers, the Rothschilds, the Bushes. <laughs> Bush. 2000. After me. I, George Walker Bush, do something. When George W. Bush took office in 2000, he brought with him Vice President Dick Cheney, Secretary of Defense Donald Rumsfeld, and Deputy Secretary for Defense Paul Wolfowitz, all of whom had served together previously in the administrations of Ronald Reagan and George H.W. Bush. So, <clears throat> these people are known as neocons or neoconservatives, and they are a warmongering bunch and they've essentially been in power in the Republican side, right? But they're not like a normal Republican after Ronald Reagan, believe it or not, Ronald Reagan's vice president was George W. Bush's dad. And then, and he was the former head of the CIA. So there was a fucking spook in the ear of Reagan, not to piss on his administration, you know what I'm saying? Probably one of the best um, um, Republican presidents we've had. Uh, but, and then he became president. Then he waged a war. And, you know, Dick Cheney came up through those same ranks, etc. But these people are known as neocons. And they are all about the stick. Meaning, if they want to... They, they they believe in expansion of empire instead of maintaining existing empire. They want to expand the empire beyond World War II. World War II, you know, we divvied up the map or what have you, but they want to expand empire. And they believe that the way to do that is by projecting military power. But just as we're learning from Putin, he couldn't just attack... The Ukrainians, he had to have a story. And what did he do? He had to invent a story. And he had to invent that, oh, the Ukraine is full of Nazis and we're going there to liberate the Ukrainian people. That was his story. Because they understand that 
You can't just be like, I want to take this shit, um, etc. So these neocon people understand they're all about expansion of the empire. I mean, I believe in maintaining whatever happened after World War II, but maintaining is very different than expansion, especially in a world that generally just wants peace. After we figured out, like, you know, motherfuckers who want to run shit are willing to drop, you know, a smaller version of the fucking sun on top of a city and just vaporize people. I mean, you should really see the kind of trauma it did to the Japanese people as a whole. I mean, if you see lots of the anime that came out in like the 60s, 70s, 80s, like when they depict the the, the bomb being dropped on them, bro, it just the anime itself is fucking hor- horrific. That's not to say Japan as a military power wasn't literally trying to fucking murder us. I'm just saying war is hell. But after that happened... You know, maintaining the empire, fine. Expansion, you know I'm saying? You have to come up with reasons to do so. Anyways, the main thing I want you to take away from this is a neocon or people who grows in the ranks during um, the neocon era, which is, you know I'm saying, from like the, the, the late 80s, it skipped with Bush, but even though it skipped with Bush, like the neocons were on, you know, Bill Clinton's ass, um, which is why like the Monica Lewinsky thing became so huge. Like before it just been maybe swept under the rug, especially since Democrats, I mean, they have the media loves the Democratic Party. They just do. I mean, that's just, you know what I'm saying? But then, you know, uh, the Republicans are, you know, are the war party, essentially, as well. So, like, they both share in the power. One can't have the other. Anyways. Um, but that became such a big deal because they just poured money into making sure it got covered and got imprinted on the zeitgeist, etc. But then, 2000 came around, and we were, we and Al Gore literally won the presidency. And we're learning that, you know... You know, I talk in the past podcast about priming the the masses to accept a person which was already picked to be their ruler. That'll get you 90% of the way. That last 10% is also the um, partnerships that you, that you made along the way. Look, man, when we come into power, we're going to hook you up. So we need you to vote for us on this electoral party. You know what I'm saying? We're going to bring these industries in going up, you know, going forward. Um, you got your fucking lobbyists and whatever. They're pouring money into the media. There might be some other, you know, electoral vote people who you know have certain stocks, etc. And their portfolio is going to go up if this guy comes in. The, so, like, you have your partnerships. Everyone's going to figure out what's going on. Or, you know what I'm saying? We'll make sure that you win the whatever, you know, race. And you'll go from the House to the Senate and, you know, whatever. Right. So you get your alliances in. But then that's the, and the, that's the last, but the last 10% is those alliances. But then you still have to get through the vote, essentially. And as we've learned, electoral college is what matters. The popular vote does not matter. It just doesn't. So what we want, we just go through an exercise. They have us go through an exercise the same way that corporations have those retreats. 
Do you know what I'm saying? Where you, I don't know if you've ever been to a corporate retreat, but they have you do like team building games and shit like that. They have you go through a group activity. So the co, because humans just by how we're hardwired for this shit, naturally think, uh, naturally the group's cohesive glue is intensified and strengthened if you all complete tasks together. And it's like a religious experience. And believe it or not, cults use these same tactics, which is why they have ritual. Because when you all participate in a ritual, it strengthens your bond. So it's a very cult-like tactic. And it's the reason why the popular vote does not dictate who is president. Isn't that fucking hilarious, though? How they have us go through all that nonsense. And then for us just to be, for them just to be like, oh, you voted for the wrong guy. Good thing we were here to actually, actually put in the vote that matters. <laughs> Isn't that crazy how our system works? And every year it, it, it only comes up, it only comes up around election time on how the electoral college is bullshit. And afterwards, like right now, who's thinking about the electoral college? No one. This is when we should be bitching about the electoral college. Not when after the vote happens and we're just like, wait, so we just got fucked? Like... That's essentially what happens every four years. We, it's always like, we always have this buyer's remorse where we're like, wait a second. We just got fucked. Like, wait, our vote doesn't matter. Well, why are we doing this? Why did I have to take off work for this and wear this fucking sticker on, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, and I fall for it too, dog. I fall for it too. But literally right now, literally right now, right fucking now is when we should be bitching about the electoral college and abolishing it. But they never will. And they will make sure they keep that out of the zeitgeist, meaning they will not cover that story. Right? Which I said, underreported news is the same as censorship. And since megacorps control the algorithm as much as they control what happens on their channels, isn't that crazy? How the algorithm now, it's now the algorithm and those megacorps, like when you type in a news story, that's one thing. It's so fucking hard to find independent coverage of things. So it's only the top mega corps that were running shit before the internet became big. They managed to figure out how to hack that. Like, do you understand? They really dodged the fucking bullet. The music industry tried to figure that shit out. It took them nearly two decades to figure out fucking streaming was their their new model. And they just had to embrace that shit. Streaming and then creating songs that get that get clicks and are attached to products and a song that you could, that you want to listen to on, you know what I'm saying? In the ending credits of a big movie or something you could put a commercial to. And it's completely changed. That's why we have singles and everything because now people write songs for, you know what I'm saying? So they can get featured on a commercial or on a popular indie flick or whatever now, right? So then they can get that. That's how they can, they, you know, you know, pay for their whatever. So that's why we get singles and shit. We don't get full albums, which sucks because I love just fucking burning a disc from end to end, man. Like, I tell you what, like I got this, even though this car has all this fucking bullshit installed on it. That these assholes, it came with the fucking CD player. And dude, I'm telling you, dude, like I've just. It, you know, when I had this CD player and it was a pain in the ass to do the Bluetooth and everything like 
that shit can get hacked so easily. So I just was like, I might as well just not do the Bluetooth. But I had this six disc changer and man, I just started going to CD stores, which are hard to fucking find and finding all these albums. I, I've just loved man. And I just burned those things from end to end. Anyways, that being said, <laughs> I went on that fucking tangent, right? <laughs> um, these guys, these neocon guys, getting back to it, before I chase a rabbit, getting back to it, these neocon dudes, they're not the same as, like, an OG Republican, like a fucking Reagan Republican. These guys really are all about expansion of empire, and by any means necessary, if they have to pull, like, a Putin-type tactic of saying, oh, we gotta go there because terrorists, or what if these motherfuckers will do that and they they don't care they care more about the expansion of empires you want to know about people that that have that whole mindset of an ends justifies a means <coughs> it is a fucking neocon and neocon is not a republican although they wear their jersey and play on their it's different those motherfuckers are different so so when you hear the term neocon you might think like, oh, like, aren't they just like a spicy Republican? Like, no, 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 They wear the fucking jersey <coughs> because of their partnerships. But they're on a different kind of team, man. <coughs> Fuck. Anyways, let's move forward. Paul Wolfowitz in particular had long been recognized as the intellectual force behind a radical neoconservative fringe of the Republican Party. For years, Wolfowitz had... See a neoconservative fringe. ...been advancing the idea that the United States should reconsider its commitments to international treaties, international law, and multilateral organizations such as the United Nations. A radical... This is uh, from an... Uh... This is from a uh, documentary from Journeyman Pictures. They do a lot of great documentaries. I recommend you go follow Journeyman. Plan for American military domination first surfaced during the administration of George H.W. Bush. In 1992, Paul Wolfowitz, working in the Department of Defense, was asked to write the first draft of a new national security strategy a document entitled The Defense Planning Guidance. The most controversial elements of what would later come to be known as the Wolfowitz Doctrine were that the United States should dramatically increase defense spending, that it should be willing to take preemptive military action, and that it should be willing to use military force unilaterally, with or without allies. This new reliance on military force was necessary, according to Wolfowitz, to prevent the emergence of any future or potential rivals to American power and to secure access to vital resources, especially Persian Gulf oil. William Out of power during the Clinton presidency, Wolfowitz and his colleagues affiliated themselves with a number of influential conservative think tanks. In 2000, they would craft yet another proposed national security strategy. This one published by a right-wing think tank calling itself the project for the new American century. At its core, the document revived the Wolfowitz document. It's important to understand 
the project for a new American century. And they're going over just some fucking bullet points. But basically, these guys ironed out a plan before um, George Bush's son even became president in 2000. And, you know what I'm saying, like, whose dad was ahead of the CIA. And George Bush's election was stolen. Like, he literally had a judge, a Florida judge, decide that state. Just, the judges had to figure out. It wasn't about the people. Do you understand? Like, basically, just like with the Electoral College, the people picked the wrong person. No, you don't understand. This guy was already going to be the guy. Which is why you need to understand, like, ultimately, our the people who are going to win are fucking chosen for us. And if that's already a, if that's already a process that happens, who's to say that they don't go, okay, this guy's going to go and then this guy's going to win. And then they don't, why don't they just like, you know what I'm saying? What's keeping them from lining up those fucking slots? What, what is keep, what is it? If this is a choice that we don't make, what's keeping them from doing that? I'm just saying, consider that. But this project for a new American century or Panak as people who are in the know on this shit, um, basically is a, is, you have to understand new American century, a hundred years. These are people who planned out for America the next hundred years. And so far, everything in their original, um, plan and some of it is muddied in some legalese and thinly described things that now we're understanding like, oh, they meant this by this and this, but this, like, these are people like are very, very high up in what they would consider what you would call, I, I hate using the word deep state because it sounds like, do you know what I'm saying? Like a fucking B-movie title, but it's the best term for it. These are deep state people who literally planned out how America is going to maintain itself and project itself and keep itself being the number one superpower for the next hundred years. But their plan included expansion of empire, not maintaining of empire. <clears throat> Those are two very different things. Because I believe in the empire, but I don't believe in the expansion. I think we got a big enough cut and any other way we want to get some shit, we can do that clandestinely. We don't have to start swinging around a bunch, you know what I'm saying, uh, a bunch of fucking aircraft carriers like they're extensions of our fucking dick. But I believe in the, I believe in the empire. Some people don't believe, I believe in the fucking empire. I just don't believe in the expansion. I think, you know, we got, we, we figured that shit out. Now we all just need to be nice. But these motherfuckers are all about expansion of empire and by any means necessary. So Project for a New American Century is something you should keep in your fucking mind. I recommend you go to, um, you go and read up on the resources of their mission protocol, etc. And you start to read this shit and you start to think back of historical events, etc. And how industry is changing these directions. And it all matches up like fucking perfectly. And then you start to understand like, oh... These are fucking things that somebody planned out in 1997. It's now 2023, and this shit is still moving forward exactly how these motherfuckers say they would. And that's not a silly thing to think. Do you know what I'm saying? Some people think like, oh, this person left office. 
whatever his plan to do whatever is is not still happening. No, 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 motherfucker. You know, that whole term deep state, these are people who stay in the government for years, 30, 40 years. It doesn't matter who is president, red or green, red or green, red or blue. These motherfuckers have a mission and they're moving forward on their shit and and considering how they're uh, shielded by like Pentagon black budgets, etc., which is crazy. I mean, the Pentagon has not been able to account for funds ever. And that also allows them to absolutely fucking steal from people as well. We're going to go into that more, but Panac project for a new American century is something you should look into. I'm I'm not going to spoon feed it to you, but it's still happening. And it has been happening. You know what I'm saying? If you go on a date and if you're dating a woman of any quality and you're a grown ass man and she doesn't ask you what your fucking five and 10 year plan is, she's probably a low quality woman, right? Cause you know what I'm saying? She understands she's got one shot. She wants to, she wants to, she wants to fuck around with somebody who's, who's serious. (coughs) The same thing goes with nation states, but they have hundred year plans. Because this nations outlive people and they, you know what I'm saying? They, they move forward on shit. This project for a new American century is a plan for the next 100 years. Century. Okay. Anyways. It called on the United States to increase the military budget by up to a hundred billion dollars. Now it's nearly a trillion, but this is back in 1997 when we weren't trying to you know, expand empire. We were trying to maintain it. So a hundred billion dollar military budget is silly right now because our military budget is nearly a trillion. But back then, that was a big deal when this was written out, which is another way that you can see the pace of this is out of control. They were looking for a hundred billion just 20 years ago. Now it's nearly a trillion they're this we're on train tracks here you know what i'm saying we're not going left or right we're on a planned out path to deny other nations the use of outer space and to adopt a more aggressive and unilateral foreign policy that would allow the united states to act offensively and preemptively in the world the elimination of states like iraq figured prominently in this grand vision But even these hardline conservatives knew that the Wolfowitz Doctrine was likely too radical to win the support of the foreign policy establishment, their own Republican Party, and the American people. In their defining document, written in September of 2000, a full year before 9-11, they acknowledged that the process of transformation, even if it brings revolutionary change, is likely to be a long one. A long one. So understand, they understand this plan that they're putting through, which is essentially pretty much like the Black Bible that um, the deep state is using as guidance for moving forward. That's what this Project for New American Century is. It's basically like our long-term plan. Deep, st- it's, a, it's a deep state long-term plan for the United States. New American Century, it's a for a hundred years. So we're 23 years in a hundred year plan. And so far we have not gone off the rails. If you 
Um, you literally go and look it up. Uh, there's a, still a copy of the original website for Project for a New American Century. There's also PDF copies of their doctrine. And regardless of administration, we're still on the rails. We're like, meaning we're not, have not derailed from this proposed plans. Absent in their own chilling words, some catastrophic and catalyzing event like a new Pearl Harbor. So I had a little fun with the sound design on that clip. I found that that fuck that clip, the that last clip of 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 the the second plane hitting. Believe it or not, back then people didn't have fucking smartphones, so the person recording that had like a camera that was the size of a fucking bazooka back then, you know. Um, so, um, but I found that clip and I and I saw this clip and I remember when I saw the film glitch, it reminded me of a person's eye blinking. And I was like, why don't I cut the audio at, you know what I'm saying? Except for the, ex- the actual explosion sound and then do a little sound design on it and then tie it into the beginning of the movie. Cause as you remember from the beginning of the intro, you hear that, um, heavy breathing or what have you. So I wanted to tie in the end of the movie kind of to show that the beginning ties into the end full circle. And that was just some kind of creative license I made. And I know this isn't like mind blowing stuff, but always be reminded I'm hundred percent making this shit on my phone with like $3 movie apps and stuff like that. So, you know, I can only go as far as uh, a lot of the stuff, you know, apps you have for your phone. Um, that's just a constraint I gave myself. So I know it's not Oscar winning, but I thought that was um, a nice little detail. But I have the, and it, it's going to now tie into the, the the crescendo of the film. And I put here, because I want to remind you, a Republican is not a neocon the same way a frog is not a snake. And it's important that during, we understand that because we're, in the next two years, we're going to face an election cycle and there's going to be people from the Bush era who contributed to the heavy, <clears throat> well, when it was out in the open, um, the neocon doctrine. And even though it's still being implemented now, like, I don't know, should we, should we, you know, have people who were loyal to those administrations who implemented this plan that we're on be put into prominent, you know, positions of power? Should we fucking vote those people in? Should we understand like, oh, if you like, you know what I'm saying? Um, if you contributed to, you know, any part of that 20 year war, if you were a part of it in any way, um, if you contributed to massive atrocities that, you know, where we imposed people's uh, rights and we took them from them, <coughs> excuse me, and treated them like second class humans or what have you. Should we support those fucking people? I don't know. 
that's the question you need to ask yourself. But I do know that people who are loyal to that out in the open, right now it's become a little subdued. They're going to be quiet about it because we're in the next stages of whatever this plan is, which I'm going to go into more. But understand, like, neocons like to call themselves Republican, but they are very fucking fringe. They, um, thinks the ends justifies the means. They think, you know what I'm saying? They see the world as, you know, we're a bunch of eggs and they're trying to make a fucking omelet, even though they like to be, they like to act like they're, you know, just like a fish and chips Republican, like a, a Reagan era Republican. They are not, they are a different fucking animal, but they, you can't, they, there's, there's no room in the, in the American political system for a third party which neocons absolutely would be a third party or even fourth party. Um, so they chose to identify and, under the moniker of Republican, but actually do be not fooled. They should be considered their own party if you understood their doctrine and the things that they go under. And we're still under the guise, this project of New American Century, which is a roadmap, you know, basically a deep state roadmap, um, should we support these people openly, which would only make them feel like, you know, which would only embolden them. So that's something I want you to consider as we're two years from the next voting, major voting cycle, um, just to consider. And so that's why I made that, you know, statement right here in the movie, a Republican is not a neocon the same way a frog is not a snake. And that is absolutely on par. Like, it's, you know, a neocon is not the same thing, even though they like to call themselves Republicans, they are not chemical, biological, and nuclear weapons. Yeah, weapons of mass destruction. We weapons of mass destruction. Weapons of mass destruction. Now, this is what I'm watching now is the final redux of the movie. I'm going over some of the fucking 20-year forever war greatest hits, but I've... Um, updated this film i promised that i'd come out with the film on uh december 25th and you know i wanted to do some finishing touches and i wanted to think about things but you know what i'm saying at the same time i told people i would deliver because usually you know i come out with this film uh uh you know in september but it was good that i waited because all this other new shit i learned like could not believe all this new shit that happened usually not too much happens unless it's election cycle, like major election cycle. Not too much crazy shit happens during like fourth quarter months, because if you have a bunch of crazy shit happening during the fourth quarter, it hurts American commerce, believe it or not. So I don't know if they fucking do that on purpose or what, but it is what it is on that end. But um, I made a updated copy of the movie. <clears throat> so if you've seen the seen the movie on whatever however many couple dozen platforms we have it up on right now <coughs> pardon me I got the fucking Rudy Tootie fresh and fruity COVID variant I'm getting over oh god <coughs> but I added flashes of logos um, throughout the film. And it's going to come to a crescendo so you better understand why. And I 
I use the same treatment as what I've used on the film for last year, uh, which I hinted at the crescendo of the last film, and I t and I and I borrowed this treatment from the Fight Club movie, where you kept getting introduced to Tyler Durden before you met him, and it's just a throwback to that film, but I feel like it's also kind of like, wait, what's going on here, whatever, and it kind of heralds back to that, and so, you know, I did it for the last movie, and I thought, you know, I'm not going to obviously do that, but it plays into the the ending of this movie uh, really well, so you, you, you probably noticed, well, well, starting from today, because I just uploaded the, I guess you would call it director's cut of the film, um, you're going to start noticing all these logos flash through here. And um, it's going to lead to something else. How crazy is that? That shock and awe campaign? Basically, we just live broadcasted the murder of a bunch of brown people who weren't Saddam Hussein and his and his little and his little grubby fucks because there was lots of respectable. But we just those those explosions and stuff like that for news footage from the early two Ks. Um, <laughs> can you just believe we just put that on the news? We're like, yeah, shock and awe. That's what we titled it. Shock and awe. <laughs> We're just killing a bunch of fucking brown people. Most of those people were impoverished. Like not everyone was wealthy, you know, in, 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 um, fucking Iraq, you know, we just put that shit on TV. Like I said, back in the day, we didn't watch that crazy shit on the internet. We surrounded the TV. So they created a news environment for us to watch a bunch of people get bombed to death. I think that speaks a testament to other things. You know what I'm saying? They treated it like it was a fucking car chase back then. And but in reality, what you're witnessing is a bunch of fucking brown people who had nothing to do with whatever. You know, I know Saddam was a piece of shit and his governments were full of a bunch of fucking murdering rapist pieces. Of that. But aside from those people, what about the civilians? Like, that's a city. You know what I'm saying? That they were doing that to a city. Who lives in cities? People who have nothing to do with the government live in cities. Do you know what I'm saying? So basically, they just turned that into this. Like you really understand how fucking brutal it was. They're trying to normalize the extermination of people, <coughs> and we approved a complete invasion of this country based off a complete lie that nobody checked. And Dick Cheney just said, oh, well, we got fucking intelligence from whatever. Actually, let me go find that fucking... Actually, do I want to go get that clip right now? People, A lot of people don't know. We literally have a copy. You know, you could... You know what I'm saying? We can pull, you can pull this up on YouTube right now. There's a copy of the fucking lie Dick Cheney told to the American people, which totally got us into this 20-year war. Let me find that fucking clip. Gotta play it for you. There it is. On 11 terrorist. You have said in the past that it was, quote, pretty well confirmed. No, I never said that. Okay. I, I never think said that, that is. No, absolutely not. What I said was the check. This is 2004. He got called out for lying us into a war. But then it's. So this is him having a 2004 interview. And it's about to flash over to the clip where he did literally say, with his exact words, uh, this lie that was literally what fueled 20 years of a forever war. 
intelligence service reported after 9-11 that Atta had been in Prague on April 9th of 2001 where he allegedly met with uh, an Iraqi intelligence official. Uh, we have never been able to confirm that, nor have we been able to knock it down. Uh, it's been pretty well confirmed that he did go to Prague and he did meet with um, a senior official of the Iraqi intelligence service in Czechoslovakia last April. I can sell what I don't use and buy my favorite... Sorry, that was an ad. So he just lied. He just fucking lied. He just something about Prague and the Iraqi intelligence. But it was just a made-up story. And the media just kept repeating it. <clears throat> and they were trying to normalize this war and turn it into a fucking, like, a popcorn event for people at home. It's fucking atrocious. But, uh, yeah, I could not believe. I could not fucking believe that shit. Anyways, let's uh, keep watching this uh, film that we're going on here. Hopefully it'll keep me. Mother balls, I gotta really find the, the part on the movie now. So, I have all this explosions and shit like that, right? Of what's going on, this war we're fighting. So I have this rubber stamp over these images <clears throat> that nobody ever talks about. It just gets lost to history of us literally just taking all this gold Saddam had. Like you people don't understand. We wanted to invade him because we wanted to take his we wanted to take that black gold out of the fucking ground. And we knew that Saddam had a bunch of actual fucking gold. And this is how these people protected themselves from uh you know, sanctions and shit like that. Like this was their, this was, you know, the thing that they had to protect them was be in case, you know what I'm saying? Someone else wanted to fuck them up and we knew he had a bunch of fucking gold as well. And we just took all of his fucking gold and they had this rubber stamp weapons of mass destruction. There was no weapons of mass destruction, but he did have a lot of shit that we wanted to take. And one of them was these giant trucks full of literal like bars of gold. Most people think a bar of gold, they think of something you can hold in their hand. Like these are things you need to pick up with both hands. This is how like people really need to understand these entire tractor trailers full of fucking gold. This is the shit that we were there for. This was the weapons of mass destruction. We were there to rob that motherfucker blind. And one thing that gold doesn't have like money is it doesn't have fucking serial numbers. Keep that in mind. Pointing in a shooting that inflamed worldwide anger of the war in Iraq, Blackwater security guards shot more than 30 unarmed Iraqis in Baghdad in 2007. More than a dozen of them died. On Wednesday, a federal jury in Washington convicted four of those Blackwater guards. Close to war is here. Light them all up. Come on, fire. Hey, Roger. 
Welcome to the real news. That was just some greatest hits. I think it's just really fucking weird that Trump pardoned those guys. I don't know if you've seen those Blackwater videos. They were just like stuck in fucking traffic and they wanted to get through places. They just started lighting people up in cars. Just lighting them up. These were people that were there to represent us. These fucking murderers. They massacred these fucking people. And then Trump just fucking pardoned them. Like, I don't even understand what the fuck that was about. That was so crazy. And then, you know, show that another one of our great fucking war crimes. Like, and this is just the stuff that surfaced. But the thing that, and I I wanted to put that clip in there specifically. People keep forgetting why that motherfucker is there. And he, because he embarrassed the administration. Like, we're seeing kind of that what's going on with um, Jordan Peterson right now. Because he spoke out against his current administration. Now he's getting... Now he has to go under some sort of hearing and he might lose his, he might lose his fucking, his, 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 his license as being a, uh, as a, a clinical psychologist, um, in based out of Canada where he got licenses, et cetera. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't think he's seeing a lot of patients right now. I think he's mainly doing, uh, speaking engagements cause he is a great orator. Um, but this is kind of the stuff that happens when you speak, when you make the dude in charge embarrassed or try to embarrass him of any way, even though it's like not direct or indirect, it still embarrasses the empire and the administration at that time takes it personally. And I put that WikiLeaks clip in there because people tend to forget why has this dude been sitting in a jail without a fucking trial? It's because he embarrassed the guys who their deep state fucking plan is well still in effect. That means these people are still in power. They just because their name isn't on a fucking plaque. Do you know what I'm saying? Just because you know what I'm saying these guys didn't get formally elected doesn't mean these guys aren't still running the fucking show and they keep grudges. And the fact that they still have that kind of power is why they're able to rob this man of his fucking rights and fair trial. And they can't even declare what it is. They're just hoping he dies in fucking jail. It's, I just wanted to put that clip in there. People have no fucking clue that Julian Assange is in jail for being a publisher. And the person who gave him that information is pardoned. He's out of jail. There's, no reason for it. What they want to do is they want to kill the image of Julian Assange. They want to set him as an example. Look, this is what happens when you expose our crimes. This is your life. He's an example. Do you understand? He's an example. He's an example not only to other American journalists, but journalists abroad that dare to report on the war crime and atrocities of um, these fucking neocons who are still in power. They just aren't elected people. They're people who work in the government. They have a, this Project for New American Century doctrine. It's still happening. This is still the plan moving forward. It doesn't matter red or blue who's in there. These people, (coughs) these people are These people are in and uh, in power positions regardless of who what administration is, you know, 
um, in the White House. And because these people are still in power is why, you know what I'm saying? And they're still running the show behind the scenes, this project for a new American century. He's an enemy of that shit from all the way back then. Because these people are still shot callers. This shit is still happening. It does, you know what I'm saying? Even though we went through, you know, Obama and Trump and like these guys are still shot callers, major fucking shot callers on a glow on the glow on the global fucking stage. These are the people who run this shit and direct things, etc. behind the fucking scenes. The reason why Assange is still in jail is because the project of New American Century is still happening. These people with this deep, in, in, you know what I'm saying, have this deep state doctrine are still running shit and he exposes their crimes. And because he dared to expose their fucking crimes and they couldn't go get through this process without a squeaky clean image and so history would look good at them, they're going to essentially use him as an example, not only to a domestic journalist, but journalists abroad who dare point out the mistakes of the United States. It's a fucking atrocity. I would hope Biden just literally surprises us. Doesn't make a big deal about it or whatever. Just does the right thing. I hope one day Biden just wakes up and he's like, I'm going to pardon this motherfucker and give a big middle finger to these deep state pieces of shit who are probably pressuring me and telling me like it's a bad move. Or I hope, I hope Biden just wakes up one fucking day, commutes the sentences of Julian Assange, you know, and then, you know, maybe some other people as well. Uh, um, um, Daniel Hale, that's another guy who should just be pulled out of jail. I mean, he only got four years, but still, Daniel Hale alerted the world to the fucking drone program, the the the, the drone assassination program, where we're just like killing people from the fucking sky on the most loosely, thinly based fucking intel. But essentially, you know, that's why I threw that in there because people don't understand. He's in jail right now, and just because he dared to show the world. This is what these motherfuckers did on the daily and they kept videos of it. They didn't, those guys didn't commit that massive war crime from a black hawk and just fucking mow down a bunch of people. Um, they didn't even delete the video. Do you know what I'm saying? Because it was so normalized that they were committing so many fucking war crimes. It was just normalized. You would think if you just committed a mass murder. You would be like, we're going to delete that shit before we go back home. No, 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 no. Do you know why that video stayed around? Because they were passing it around to other bases as like a greatest hits. That's why. Did you know that? People don't know the, the backstory. They're passing that video around to other fucking bases like a greatest hits of fucking war crime murders. They're like, uh, if you really learn the backstory of that video and like, how it surfaced that a fucking private first class even got a hold of it. It's crazy. But I just wanted to answer that as kind of a, a reminder of, you know, these atrocities. Anyways, moving forward. Welcome to the Real News Network. I'm Greg Wilford in Arlington, Virginia. Martin Luther King once famously called the United States the world's greatest purveyor of violence in the world. Two recently published studies seem to give substance to King's statement. They show that the cost of the so-called war on terror conducted by the United States has exceeded $6.4 trillion. So this is the real news. Um, you should follow the real news. You should follow them on social media, on YouTube, etc. There's some OGs, man. Um, but 
this was the report they did pre the end of the war. And their assessment was $6.2 trillion. But finally, we found out the final cost of the war on terror costed us $8 trillion. So that's why I put it $8 trillion over his report for six. But believe it or not, he was the only person to start to report those fucking figures because mainstream media was reporting massively um, handicapped figures because they didn't want people to realize how fucking robbed we got. We got robbed of eight trillion bucks. I mean, to even fathom a trillion dollars, you have to really understand how much a trillion is. Um, and it costed uh, a million lives. And they, they you know, uh, it was the cost of war. Uh, did the report and they're uh, very reputable. In fact, they partner with the intercept a million brown impoverished brown, brown people were killed as a result of the war on terror of uh, as, as a, as a result of these fucking neocon cunts uh, who cared about the expansion of empire, not the maintaining of empire. And they took $8 trillion out of your pocket. Always, always understand every time you see like a huge bill getting passed or, you know, you see a military budget getting spent or you understand or like something like the cost of the Iraq war finally came out and ended up being eight trillion dollars. Understand that's eight trillion dollars of your money, your kids money. That's eight million taxpayer, eight trillion taxpayer dollars. You understand eight trillion taxpayer dollars. People think to send, 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 uh, seem to think of like money as in state money. There's no such thing as state money. Where would the state generate this money? It's tax dollars. They, they fucking robbed, they robbed me. They robbed you. They robbed your kids. They robbed your fucking grandbabies because they're going to be paying off this fucking war. So that's why the correction, the correct number over the 6.2, this guy was reporting on. But I could literally find no one else who was reporting even close to the actual real numbers. Remember, suppression of news is the same thing as fucking censorship. Because the goal is not to completely subjugate Afghanistan. The goal is to use Afghanistan to wash money out of the tax bases of the United States, out of the tax bases of European countries, through Afghanistan, and back into the hands of a transnational security That is the goal, i.e. the goal is to have an endless war, not a successful war. So Julian Assange, that famous clip, where he got, uh, he dumped a bunch of wiki. That's a clip from him when he was free. But he, part of his leaks was a discovery that they were purposefully extending the war because they were trying to use the war as a means to wash money and put it into these transnational security elite, basically mercenary companies and megacorps that, you know, extract oil, etc., and then and then have all these no bid contracts. A no bid contract essentially means like they can just set the price, and they're like, "Oh, that's the price for the thing." Okay, we're gonna pay you this. And there was no bid, mean no one else could go up for these contracts. So basically, they used the war to steal eight trillion dollars from us, right? And these transnational elite companies 
are held by major stock owners, etc., right? And what did we just learn recently about major stock owners in the beginning when I started when we started reviewing this flick about those two major companies that own majority stakes, meaning controlling stakes means they control the companies. Who are those two companies? Okay, just keep that in mind because we're getting to an ending point here. But this is Julian Assange basically because he just he dumped a leak showing that the purpose for the war on terror was to wash a bunch of money out of the United States. They're washing money. They're using it as a money laundering scheme for 20 years. They were they were using the war on terror as a money laundering scheme to make a bunch of people rich. So we essentially got uh, robbed of $8 trillion. Fuck, I hope you understand how much $8 trillion is for a giant money laundering scheme. Let's keep going. That the Pentagon only managed to account for 39% of its $3.5 trillion in assets. Maybe the I got Kyle Kalinske there. Uh, Kyle Kalinske's a legit dude. You should go follow that guy. Follow him on YouTube. Follow his podcast. Kyle Kalinske's... Uh, He's legit. He's the middle of the road kind of dude. But he was reading a story about how the um, the Pentagon never, uh, whenever they do an audit, there's trillions of dollars always missing from budgets, etc. It's like, where did this money go? Oh, well, it's going to these forever wars, which WikiLeaks um, blew the whistle on, showing that the war on terror was just a money laundering scheme to make these people rich. Essentially, people that were are considered neocons. We're going to learn about something else and why this story is significant. Largest leak of secret documents in history. Publication of what are being called the Panama Papers this weekend has exposed a worldwide corruption scandal, billions of dollars hidden in offshore companies by some of the richest, most powerful people on the planet. Okay, so following this. Here's the thing. I give myself this limitation of not narrating my clips. And I understand that, you know, this probably can be better tied together. But at the same time, I just want to show you the facts. Do you know what I'm saying? And then let you come up with your own conclusion. But like I said, these are director's notes. So. The Iraq, uh, the war on terror was used to wash eight trillion dollars over 20 years. Watch the money, meaning it looks like it's going to something. But in reality, these motherfuckers are way overcharging. They have no big contracts, blowing shit out of proportion, etc. WikiLeaks blew the whistle on that. Right. And then now we're finding about out. And then remember, remember that one news uh, and that and that and that. Hold on, let me back up. They're watching the money. WikiLeaks exposed it. Kyle Kalinske there just pointed out that the Pentagon is constant. It, it cannot account for trillions of missing dollars. So the money we've, we've proven that the money is just gone. And the Pentagon just shrugs his shoulders like me. We can't find the money. Hmm. Right. So. We've already proven that they're that they use the war to essentially create the world's largest money laundering scheme. And we have proof that the money is fucking missing, right? Trillions and trillions of dollars is missing. And that's just of this. That was just of this year's annual report. 
And then and the pen, the government just goes, yeah, yeah, that'd be weird if we could find those trillions of dollars. That was Kyle, what Kyle Kalinske was essentially pointing out there. And then we learned about the Panama Papers. People were thinking about the Panama Papers. You're just like, oh, yeah, those rascally rich people are keeping their money offshore so the U.S. government can't track it or whatever. Like, where do you think this money that got stolen? How do you why do you think the Panama Papers was so huge? How do you think these people are going to hide trillions of dollars? How do you hide trillions of dollars? You, right? The same, that's why the Panama Papers was so huge. It was showing how these people were hiding these literal trillions of dollars that are missing. Do you understand? That's why the... The Panama Papers was so significant. It ties into another story of how these motherfuckers are making this money disappear out of our tax basins. We can't figure figure it out. And we were making a very select a group of people very fucking rich. And then all of a sudden, those same people have these mega wealth funds and they're buying up controlling interests of every corporation in America. And it's two different companies, Vanguard and BlackRock. We know who is the CEO of BlackRock. And then we're just now finding out that Vanguard is held by the most is is a pool of money by the by a handful of the world's most richest um, investors. One of those being the Bush family. Well, where did the Bush family get all this crazy amounts of money? I mean, yeah, they were they were kind of well off. But how would they have enough money to pull together the resources to buy controlling interest in all these fucking companies. Oh man. I wonder if the money laundering scheme and the Panama papers has anything to fucking do with that. Right. But let's keep going forward. I just like to throw this clip of George Bush flipping us off because basically that's what he did. It's a giant fuck you to the fucking whole, whole, his whole administration and this whole project for new American century, which we are still in. We are on a train, bro. You like to think that our country is on this, you know, journey and when things happen, we react. Well, no, bro, we're on train tracks. This is a predetermined destination and how we're going to get there is predetermined. And I just want to throw this clip in here because this motherfucker basically is throwing us the middle finger. That's a real clip of him doing that. Majority shareholder generally has the right to control the company and to put management in place or to be the management and make the day-to-day decisions with regard to the direction of the company. So we just learned, so I just taught you kind of what major, what a majority stockholder or a major stockholder, usually like top 10, they're usually on the boards of these companies. And when Vanguard, which is a uh, uh, a, a, a Bush family sovereign wealth fund along with some other handful of rich people is a Bush sovereign wealth fund and a handful of other uh, wealthy Americans. What they're doing is they're buying a controlling share of almost every major shot caller corp, megacorp in the country. And I went about going through this whole movie and rewatching this whole movie again. And, and remember, it's 
Vanguard and BlackRock. And the crazy thing is, is with Vanguard and BlackRock, um, since they, believe it or not, they own majority stakes in each other's companies. And so have you ever heard that term? It's a big club, but you're not invited. Um, that's essentially what they mean. It's these guys own a piece of each other. And what Vanguard doesn't own, BlackRock owns a controlling share of. And Vanguard and BlackRock own controlling shares in each other's companies. Do you know what I'm saying? And every and while um, Van, uh, while Vanguard likes to own lots of commodity type stocks, Vanguard goes after the more exotics, tech stocks, meaning Google. Um, well, Vanguard owns Facebook. Majority stockhold, uh, a, a majority stake in in Facebook, but uh, BlackRock owns like Google and fucking Spotify, and <clears throat> and um, lots of other tech companies, etc. And if they both, and if those two megacorps also own majority stockholding in each other's companies, you essentially have a monopoly on monopolies. You know what I'm saying? They own everything under the companies that already own everything. Because you all have all these companies that, you know, become these conglomerates and they they lessen competition, etc. And it's fucking crazy. But what it allows Vanguard and BlackRock, Vanguard being a Bush sovereign wealth fund uh, amongst a couple other families, is this is allowing them allowing the Bush family who already have made, have, you know what I'm saying? Basically this deep state doctrine going through, you know, um, our government that runs shit in the background. And we're still on these train tracks when he there, that family is outside of government and allows them to control essentially what air quotes, what we call the free market. And I littered these logos throughout the movie to show you how their interests are being played out no matter what. So, because I wanted to reinforce a couple of ideas. One of the ideas was lots of people say things like plandemic and like P-L-A-N, plandemic and shit like that. You don't understand. These motherfuckers just own everything. They don't need to plan it. When something happens, they just capitalize on the situation because... Like I said, they own every single chess square. It doesn't matter. And it doesn't matter. And and since Vanguard and BlackRock essentially own a controlling piece of literally every company that basically runs shit around here, right? Clothing companies and food companies and oil companies and gas companies and real estate companies and defense companies and electronics manufacturing companies and solar companies and uh, natural gas company, like everything that, so they own a controlling stake. They don't need to buy the whole company. They just need to, because of the way the, the, our, our economy works, they can just buy controlling stakes in the companies. So they don't have to make that giant fund. So they can essentially spread out a couple of trillion dollars and just own everything. So they already can, so this, so, you know what I'm saying? They essentially already run shit in the background of our own government. I mean, fucking A. Bush's dad's name's on the side of the fucking CIA building. Do you understand? 
Like, do you really understand what, how, how you know what I'm saying? Do you really, you know, do you really understand like what that means? Especially from some of the, from, from the, a group of people in our country who are the most unimpressed motherfuckers ever. They do shit every day that looks like magic to a bunch of basic bitches like me and you every day. Do you know how hard it is? You know how hard it is for these motherfuckers to be impressed? So impressed that they're going to put your name on the side of their fucking building? On top of the fact that this is, you know, this is a essentially like a deep state doctrine. So not only do they control shit within the government without even having to be in office anymore. They also own pretty much every country company within our economy. I mean, just do you understand how fucking out of control that is? Where a family has that much power and influence over the private and public sector. And how did they fund this? Through a forever war. That was a bullshit. And then they hid the money. And then they're using it to grow that already giant pool of money that they stole from us. That they used the forever war to wash and to hide it. Which the Panama Papers discovered how they were hiding this shit. And they're using it to own everything in the economy. And so, and, and you know what I'm saying? Even the stocks Vanguard doesn't own, it doesn't matter. Because BlackRock owns the other fucking stocks. So, even if they don't own, like, uh, a media company, Vanguard doesn't own a media company that's talking shit about them. Or one of the, you know, one of the podcasters or one of the news people. Because... They own Sinclair Broadcasting Group, which is huge. Um, they own majority stake in BlackRock, and BlackRock then, oh, but then BlackRock more than likely owns that media company that Vanguard doesn't own. But since they own controlling shares in each other's companies, if somebody starts talking shit or making problems for the Bush family, or t- or or highlighting the fact that they started a forever war to steal trillions of dollars from us, then washed it inside the war and then hit it. Like we're finding out with the Panama papers. And then now using this to essentially fund their absolute takeover of the free market economy. After they already, already have their little shadowy fuckers running shit in our own government. But I sprinkled these logos throughout the movie to show you no matter the story these motherfuckers are going to win. No matter what the fucking bad situation, these motherfuckers are going to win because they're majority stockholders in that company. Majority stockholders control what happens with that company. And they don't even have to buy the whole shit. So no matter what happens, they're going to fucking make money. They don't have to plan for things. They just have contingencies when the thing happens and they already know how to capitalize on that since they all since they own every piece of the chessboard. Both sides of the chessboard too, since Vanguard and BlackRock own majority stocks in each other's companies. So I sprinkled these logos and for all these major stories, I show all the companies that are going to be making money from benefiting from um or if what the person is talking about directly reflects to of uh, of a company that is essential that is owned by them 
so you can really understand what it's like to own everything in a chessboard. So no matter what we're talking about, what no matter what is happening, these motherfuckers will make money regardless. So if this cools down over here, they'll still, you know what I'm saying? And we refocus funds over here, they'll still capture the money. It's fucking bananas when you think about it. It's so much fucking bigger than people even understand. Decisions with regard to the direction of the company. So then I do a recap of all these logos I was flashing at you throughout the movie on these different stories. And I only do it for uh, literally 0.005 of a second. So you literally, it doesn't interrupt the viewing process, but you just get this flash of it. And then I give you a summary. And this is just 150 companies. They own 442 major um, megacorps uh, controlling interest stocks, which means they direct the interest of the company. This was only a couple hundred because it was so labor intensive to do this for a movie that's already three hours. But, um, and then I go and I just show you all these things that I flashed at you are all, and that are making money from these things we're literally talking about will benefit from all these different stories that seem like they're totally unrelated and they should be. Um, these are owned by fucking Vanguard, which is a Bush sovereign wealth fund. Funded by your stolen money that they stole from us from a made-up war. <laughs> this isn't even BlackRock's portfolio. in one of the funniest ways all of these people these grifters everybody circling the wagons the caitlin jenner is the donald trump it'll be funny till you'll let you'll die this is a comedian tim dylan funny guy laughing literally you'll die let you'll die but you will be laughing um it will be the most absurd and insane thing it will be out of a fucking dystopian horror movie and no, it'll never be, it won't be funnier than, than America because we're a crazy country and with full of crazy people and it, everybody's just trying to suck the last few dollars out of this. I think, you know, eventually it'll get to a point where large areas in the country are unlivable for a myriad of reasons, perhaps crime or homelessness, climate, whatever, um, very you know, well-off or well-connected people will have these kind of enclaves that are, this is already happening. And then there'll be, you know, a fight to be in one of those two groups. And then eventually a dictator, a strong mess, somewhere down the line, some man or woman will come in and go, this system's fucked. I am going to run things. 
and they will run things in in a way and it will probably won't be for the best but like the system will collapse but i don't know if we'll see it but it will collapse there's no way it doesn't it will collapse to a degree and someone will come in and go, yeah, these elections are all fake and it doesn't matter anyway. Why do you fuckers need to vote? Here's a coupon for a chicken sandwich. And people go, I like chicken. And then, you know, people just go, fuck it. They don't care. And then you go, there'll be Netflix and there'll be Domino's and you'll sit in your house and they'll say, well, you can't drive today because of the climate. And people go, yeah, it's Tuesday. Can't get my car because of climate. And you'll sit there and they'll give you, they'll feed you poison and you'll watch TV. Uh, and a few people will riot, but very few because most people will be pacified by the goodies, which they'll still probably have. And, you know, the leader will come on and tell, like, well, they'll be like, hello, everyone. And you'll go, hey. And it, it'll be a celebrity. It'll be someone you know. It'll be someone you're very familiar with. And they'll say a couple of things. And be like, it's not that bad, is it? And they go, no, it's not that bad. And they'll feed you the propaganda and you won't remember when you were free. You need to understand why, you know, COINTELPRO 2.0 is important that we move forward on this. And it's because this is going to happen. There is a very handful of people who have controlling interest in the government, in our intelligence agencies, in the military industrial complex. They just spent the last past 20 years robbing our fucking country of trillions and they use the money that they stole to fund their ownership of the controlling interest of every company within the western economy when people wake up to this when people are made awake to this reality they're going to use these tactics because our economy and our world and etc is becoming all digitized it's coming all online um they're going to create things like cbdc's to track our money they're going to use things like real id to basically be like show show us your papers kind of thing you won't be able to travel across the country etc within unless you have the the real id and they're gonna that's how they're gonna squash dissidents to keep people from being awake to this reality that people have essentially used our money that they stole from us while their dudes wasn't were in power to essentially own all these controlling stakes and all these corporations to essentially take over our government forever they it's a corporate coup they're taking over and it's going to happen right in front of our face and these tactics and these methodologies and all these crazy things that are fucking happening to me. Um, and, you know, what I'm saying there are some other people in other milder cases I mean, with the gang stalking, etc. They're all going to be used on people who become awake to this. So it's important that I log this shit for you guys to learn. Because there's going to be people in the future who are going to become awake to this. I think a few people, quite a few people will. And if we don't have the tactics that these people are going to use on us to subvert dissonance, to shut people the fuck up, and you don't know who owns what, 
and who is stepping on you and who is controlling your speech and who is censoring your online stuff where you're trying to get out to people, etc. If we don't have these tactics, even the most minute things and that I keep making all these little field notes about, etc., like it's gonna absolutely blindside you. And the people who finally do rise up and become awake to this, it's going to sucker punch their lives. And so this is why COINTELPRO 2.0 is important on a much on a much bigger scale. But you know what I'm saying? I understand that there are people who are going through this gang stalking, and there are some things that are being, you know what I'm saying, um leveraged to kind of bilk money out of this, you know, pretend terrorism and stuff like that. But there are people who have things to say, and they will absolutely stomp the shit out of you, which has happened to me. And these tactics are going to be used on people who become awake to this reality. Usually, you know what I'm saying? It's going to be when it's almost damn near too late. But when people do become awake to this shit, you guys are going to have this whole library of tactics that they're going to try to use to squish you in plain sight, to step on you in plain sight, to shut you the fuck up, to, to calm the storm and just shut up. Just like Tim Dillon saying, shut up. You know what I'm saying? Eat your chicken sandwich. Here's your fucking celebrity president. Pay attention to them, etc. And they're going to, because it's going to pacify a lot of people. And you know what I'm saying? This virus, etc., kind of showed like how they're going to do it as well. It's kind of like a, like a fresh run. Like let's say there are some people within the government that they fear are going to essentially call out this corporate coup. And there's, and you know what I'm saying? And there's somebody that's going to flesh these people out. And there's, you know what I'm saying? It's, you know, who knows if it's going to be like, um, you know, like the French revolution or some shit where we fucking, pass laws to make these megacorps not be able to own controlling interests in everything. So they essentially two companies control the entire free market, air quotes, free market economy. And the people who already control the free market economy, one of those families in particular who already um, basically uh, controls the majority stake of the free market economy already is seeded massively in the intelligence and deep state community and the military industrial complex and so it doesn't matter who the fuck is, you know, what administration is in. These motherfuckers are still running shit from the background. Like when people come awake to this, these tactics are going to be 100% implemented on the on on you or whoever it's going to be. And you're not going to have the time to sit there and reverse engineer all this shit. So every time I go through an experience, etc., which is why a lot of these things are impromptu and, you know, um like I said, you know, I'm hoping to refine this stuff. You know, I have to go back over shit and apply things that I've learned, etc. over this whole thing. If I decide to make this a little more like a comprehensive package or whatever. But it's important for you, you know what I'm saying, to, to, to put all this shit down. Because when people finally become awake, this is the way they're going to try to stomp on people in plain sight. Do you understand? To make it look and to and they're gonna do it in a way that makes it look like this is not the government stomping on you or you know what I'm saying you know this you know, this small group of families sovereign wealth fund controlling 
the free market economy and when you fucking call out what's going on and how they own our fucking government and you know who's members of these things etc when you call that out they're going to they're not going to want to make a lot of commotion they learned all their lessons in the first iteration of the Cointel Pro program they're going to try to they're going to employ these tactics to disassemble your life in plain sight And so that's why this podcast and this this video, these video series and our online resource is so fucking important. This seems like it's just a movie about the state of things in 2003 and what's coming. And it is that. But at the same time, it's also part of this podcast because this podcast has all been about all these little tactics and all these things that I've been shown that they use against you not just gang stalking. gang stalking is just such is you know is a thing that happens to people but it's just one of the tools in the toolbox that is cointel pro 2.0 there's enhanced torture there's you know how you react to drugs etc you're when people finally become awake they're not going to be they're not going to have time for the fucking learning learning curve so we have so i have to get all this shit out and so i that's why i have to pay attention and you know, I'm having to put myself out there and that fucking sucks, bro. It, it fucking sucks so hard. God damn, does this fucking suck. Every day I wake up and I'm just like, oh yeah, this is still my fucking life. And oh my fucking God. And, you know, every fucking day of this fucking sucks. I just will not lie. I It just fucking sucks every fucking day. But I understand there's a bigger deal here and it's bigger than me. I am fucking nobody, but I know it's important for me to put these tactics down in one place so you can essentially have the cheat codes because these motherfuckers will absolutely fucking hammer you into the ground with this shit. And if you have no fucking clue what the hell is going on, it's going to seem like absolute fucking magic how they do this to you. It will bring you to your goddamn knees. And then they're just going to keep moving on and doing whatever they fucking want to do. Because you're just a speck. But if you can defend yourself against these, you're going to be quite the pain in the ass. And you know what? You might be the domino that creates change. I have some statements here and I, I'm not going to read them for you because I want that they're, they're reading. I have a couple of short sentences that I'm transitioning in and out on this movie right now. I'm, I'm pressing play back on the movie here and I'm not going to read them out loud because I want you to fucking watch this movie and see these things. We'll read this last sentence here. It says democracy is collusively. You know what? Fuck it. I'm going to read the statements. 
says we have been unknowingly robbed to fund our future prison. Vanguard owns major stock holdings in 442 megacorps. Holding major lobbying power in Congress, influencing policy and elections. The project for a new American century accentuated is only 23 years in. Democracy is collusively morphing into neo-feudalism, inch by inch. We can only derail this train from the inside. I mean, are we just like bored, spoiled children who've just been lying in the bathtub all day, just playing with their plastic duck, and now they're just thinking, well, what can I do? This clip is from a movie called The a Dinner with Andre. <laughs> okay, yes, we are bored. We're all bored now. But has it ever occurred to you, Wally, that the process that creates this boredom that we see in the world now may very well be a self-perpetuating, unconscious form of brainwashing created by a world totalitarian government based on money, and that all of this is much more dangerous than one thinks? And it's not just a question of individual survival, Wally, but that somebody who's bored is asleep, and somebody who's asleep will not say no, that we're living in some kind of Orwellian nightmare now, and that everything that you hear now contributes to turning you into a robot. I think that New York is the new model for the new concentration camp where the camp has been built by the inmates themselves and the inmates are the guards and they have this pride in this thing they've built. They've built their own prison and so they exist in a state of schizophrenia where they are both guards and prisoners and as a result they no longer have, having been lobotomized, the capacity to leave the prison they've made or to even see it as a prison. You develop an instant global consciousness a people orientation, an intense dissatisfaction with the state of the world, and a compulsion to do something about it. Mm. From out there on the moon, international politics looks so petty. You want to grab a politician by the scruff of the neck and drag him a quarter million miles out and say, look at that, you son of a bitch. This montage at the end of the film leads up to the end of the film, um, which I'll describe, but um, um, I wanted to transition from these beautiful views that I was using as a frame for this video, showing the world go by, kind of as a metaphor, this is what the, what's, you know, I'm saying, what is going on, you know, in the world, kind of I use as a metaphor, but I use it as a frame to frame around the video that you're watching, so that that metaphor is constantly being you're constantly being reminded about it. But that Neil deGrasse Tyson clip, I feel like, brings it out to a much bigger thing. Is if you can see the world and see us all as one, we realize that we're in this together. It's not about Democrat. It's not about Republican. It's not about Muslim or Christian black or white or brown or it's, it's not about your theology it's not about you know if you're pro this medicine or pro not this medicine it's not about any of the things that we fight each other on every single fucking day we need to understand that neo-feudalism is a reality and just because we are not awake to it does not mean that it our our system is shifting over into a new world where we think, you know, words like free and free market 
and free elections and whatever are just slogans. And we are shifting over into a new iteration of this feudal system where it is just an elite few who actually run everything. And so when you talk about these people or call them out on their corruption or whatever, they're going to stomp you out. And so we are essentially, we essentially built our own prison. And it's our whole system of democracy, air quotes, democracy, is shifting right before our eyes. But since it looks like the free markets, because of it looks like a, a fair election, because it looks like these things, right? If they make us go through the motions and make and give us the illusion of choice and, you know, we'll build the prison ourselves. And this becomes concerning. But I just felt like that Neil deGrasse Tyson was a beautiful way to, to end this film and kind of go to the very end crescendo while listening to this um, um, uh, gorgeous song by... Uh, it was, it's a cover by um, Juliana Chahed. I hope I'm saying her name right. It's called No Surprises by Juliana Chahade. You can get it on Spotify. I have links to it, her iTunes, her YouTube, whatever. Um, whatever she's got too here. Yeah, she's got YouTube's, iTunes, and Spotify. Yeah, the three major ones. But so I did this montage to show like, we need to be looking at this as we're all as one. And we there are more of us than there are these fucking assholes. And somebody's going to have to step up and call them out. Are you going to be afraid of the radiation, of the psychological mindfuck, of the enhanced torture, of the media blockades, of them censoring you, of them destroying your family, destroying your professional life, etc.? Are you going to be able to stand up to that? I don't know, but I'm going to make sure I give you all the tools you're going to need to at least fight it.
So I just wanted to end the film on that meme. Um, the always has been meme where the two astronauts are looking at the earth from the moon. Uh, one to end it on kind of a lighter note, like, oh yeah, hey, the meme. I mean, it's not photorealistic because the meme isn't photorealistic. So I made sure I designed it, the ending more towards what the meme looked like, not kind of photorealistic. I know we just transitioned from all those uh, videos of the earth, but, um, I wanted to kind of end it on kind of a lighter note, but at the same time, I wanted you to get the whole perspective of those two astronauts having that conversation before, you know what I'm saying? You get the gun cocked. It's like the game has been rigged against us and it, it has been for the past two decades. Um, I just want to kind of wrap that all up. And I feel like that's a great way for if you're going to share this movie with, with someone. And I really wanted to make this more of like a disciple type movie as well. I want you to show people this. And essentially, you know what I'm saying? Um, when you're showing them this flick to handhold them and, you know what I'm saying, explain things that they may not understand. That's why I made this director's notes. Because... Here's the thing with this is you could, if you go and tell someone, bro, the Bush and Cheney family created a fake war, murdered a bunch of people in front of everyone so they could wash trillions of dollars. So once they were out of power and the government in the people's eye, they had enough of their fucking people in the dark state area where they're still running the country forward on this plan called the project new American century. And then the trillions of dollars that they stole from us, they washed it in the process that the Panama papers has exposed. And they're now using all those washed funds to own controlling stakes in every country, every major fucking corporation in the, in the free market economy in the Western world. So even if they're not, officially in the white house they already have their people in the government and they also own the controlling stake in the free market economy and they own enough stock as well to influence decisions the company makes so if you so if you even speak out against this reality which many people are not awake to they will absolutely stomp and destroy your fucking life using tactics in this new reiteration of the Cointel of Cointel Pro, known as Cointel Pro 2.0. You tell somebody that, they're going to say you're fucking crazy. But if you show them a movie where somebody, no one is talking over it, you're just showing them the fucking receipts for everything. And you're able to, and if they have questions, you're able to stop and tell them and explain things to them, which is why I created these director's notes to kind of enhance this. If you allow someone to understand that themselves, I feel like that's much more powerful instead of trying to impose something on somebody and tell them this is how things are. Just show them the fucking receipts. People have brains. I think it's much e it's much easier to make someone awake to something if you trust that they are smart enough to figure out if they're just shown all the evidence. Not told how to think about something, but shown the evidence and they think and then they they fucking decide and you know in the credits i just put for mariam mariam is my grandmother and i love her dearly it was uh one of her 
bucket list things to get a picture with Reagan, believe it or not. She was the mo- she was one of the sweetest ladies I'll ever ever know and uh, I love her dearly and uh, I lost her this year. She was an absolutely amazing woman and uh, that's who Miriam is as I dedicate this film to her. So thanks for tuning in to the conclusion of the movie and I'm hoping you'll listen to and consider all the things talked about here uh, on this last director's notes of this film and I hope this message finds you as I broadcast from San Diego from deep inside the filter bubble.